Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast, the show where we talk everything Watford. We're delighted to have both Tom Burdell and Jordan Weimer back, the uh, dynamic threesome, ready to dissect all the information that we have in front of us. Uh, first off then, it was a disappointing 1-0 defeat to Spurs. Uh, Jordan, let's start with yourself. What went wrong yesterday? Yeah, it was it was extremely frustrating. Um, but I mean, I think you can you could argue that we, we con- not controlled the game, but we were within where you wanted to be for large portions we were able to to keep Spurs off us and limit them to some some not clear chances for large portions of the game but I think the real problem was we were, we were lacking a threat down the other end for large portions too um, and eventually we kind of we, we crumbled and it was a shame it was, there's lots to discuss obviously lots of individual points along the way um, but ultimately a, a game plan that was a little bit different we came close to executing but um, there were some question marks around it that's for sure that first half in particular was quite a difficult watch, Tom. Yeah, it's one of those where, let's just send this to Jordan before we came on air, that if you get the result and, and everyone comes away happy, it's it you know you, it's a lot easier to excuse, it's a lot easier to justify. But if you come away with nothing, and I think you, you hear this kind of said of like Tony Pulis teams quite often, it's, you know, there's not a lot there if you don't get the result. And you could see why, you know, Spurs have come into, really come into form uh, since Antonio Conte went in there, he kind of got gradually better and better. We know how he's going to play. His teams have always played, uh, or you know, largely played with wing backs. Uh, and, and Regalon is very good, particularly. And you know, we were very much set out to kind of to nullify that threat, weren't we? It was um, certainly, if you look at the kind of average position map as well, it kind of bears this out. But it was very much a kind of back six at times, wasn't it, with Kutzka and, and uh, Ken Semmer to a lesser extent tucking into to really make it hard for them to go down the channels. And, and to an extent, it worked. Obviously, Emerson Royale had a lot of uh, opportunities to put the ball in the box, which probably wasn't part of the plan. Or maybe it was, and maybe they kind of deemed him less of a threat than, than Regalon. But um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a fun watch, uh, was it? And, and, and without the justification of three points as well, um, it's yeah, it's just it feels like a pretty another pretty miserable day at the office. Yeah, Ken Semi, you mentioned there, starting ahead of uh, Jao Pedro yesterday, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing you can really say to to kind of justify that is, I think, as Tom touched on there, that the two, well, Ken Semi and Kuchka were playing very, very deep for large portions. I think more of that was just to do with with Ken being able to drop and, and play in more defensive areas a little bit more. Um, but I think, having said that, I don't think he had any real impact on the game. I think Ken Semmer, especially from a, a forward-thinking perspective, really didn't offer much. And you can say that for a lot of the players. Um, but it it didn't really work. Um, and I, I can see some of the kind of irritation amongst fans when, when you see that Ken Semmer's starting after kind of the the impact he's had in our season as of yet. I think it's fair to say you'd expect to see the likes of Pedro or Chucho Hernandez in there. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it didn't work. But then you know you're looking at this from the perspective of of a, a lineup built to to contain. You can see the the justification, but um, it, it wasn't one that came off for me. Tufan was also dropped from that uh, West Ham defeat. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, that was probably justified after the last performance. Um, and you know, I think the important thing is we ha- we had Imran loser in there, and I thought he was arguably maybe, maybe Jared Pedro when he came on, but he was arguably our best player, player for large parts of the game. Um, so it was good to see him back in there. Uh, but um, yeah, Tufan did not deserve to uh, to start after the last outing, I'd say. 
And then on the right-hand side, because of Kiko Firmino's injury, we had uh, Craig Cathcart deputising at, at right-back again. Um, you know, it's a position, obviously, that he's familiar with, but um, not the first choice there by any means. No, it's not. But, you know, he's he's done it, he's done it numerous times before. He's, he's able to contribute, and I don't think he really did too much wrong yesterday. I thought he, he was absolutely fine. Um, it wasn't it wasn't so much an issue for us. There were other areas in the pitch where there's a bigger impact with changes and I think um I think Cathcart did a pretty decent job. I think over this run honestly, I don't think Cathcart's been been terrible. I know the defence has been getting a lot of a lot of stick, but he's probably been uh probably been one of the better ones actually out of that group that's been playing over the last ten weeks or so. Tom, we were also delighted to see that um, Emmanuel Dennis was going to be featuring in this game. And also we, we got the news ahead of the game, knowing that uh, he apparently won't be going to the AFCON now. Can we know a little bit more about the details behind that? Why exactly isn't he going? Yeah, there's, I'll tell you what, if you want to read about it in detail, there's a very good thread that I shared on Twitter this morning from a guy, Mr. Moe's. Um, I don't know what his kind of background is or anything, but he's obviously, you know, follows African football, Nigerian football a lot more closely than me. But it was really interesting to get a bit more of the context around it. And we kind of, I think we're all aware to some extent that Dennis has had kind of attitude issues in the past and has, you know, fallen out with people at international level and maybe not been the easiest character to rub along with at club level either, certainly at um, Brugger and, and when he was on loan in the Bundesliga as well but it, it was really interesting to actually see kind of you know from the perspective of someone who obviously follows the f- football in Nigeria a lot more closely exactly where things had gone wrong and it, it seems to be from kind of under 23 level uh, or you know since he was playing under 23 football for Nigeria and until the present day pretty much he has you know butted heads with various officials um, at all levels over that period um, and, and kind of you know, played him, kind of created a situation where the the coach previously, Gurnett Raw, essentially felt like it was they were better off without him, regardless of his talent, because of you know the kind of the issues he was causing in the dressing room, ex- expecting to play, uh, you know, kind of a lack of respect towards the coaching staff and the media and and so on and so forth. So there are some other kind of allegations in there, which maybe you know there's going to be some fallout from um, going forward, but. What certainly seemed what interests me is that on the 27th of December he tweeted, you know, proud to be called up by Nigeria, sort of thing. And and within a couple of days, it's it's all kind of over for him um, in terms of that recall. So I would be very interested to know exactly what happened. I think there's a lot of kind of finger pointing and whatnot. The Nigerian Football Federation said something like, "We've Watford have been bearing fangs," um, which was a, a yeah, Wonderf- that sounded interesting. Yeah, wonderfully poetic way, artistic way of um, summing up something fairly mundane. Um, I, I, so I don't think we've we've heard the last of this, but it, it seems to me that he was, and I hope this is the case as well, because you know, despite my comments on the the previous pod after West Ham, was kind of flippantly said, um, you know, any technicality that means we get to keep him is a good thing. You don't, you know, he's he's obviously proud to be a Nigerian. Um, international he's you know been out of the picture since about 2019 it seems Um, having pretty much the season of his domestic career um, you know I'm sure he would he would have liked to have been involved but it seems to be that he was fairly happy to rebuff the or reject the call up in the end Um, and it's it's obviously to our to our benefit assuming he isn't now injured obviously after coming off against Spurs well you know what as soon as I saw that uh, that news break, I thought, right, classically, this is what's going to happen. He's going to start the next game and get injured or go on a run of poor form and not be able to hit a barn door. He went off at half time and it didn't seem to be any main reason why he would have been leaving that game at half time, other than potentially picking up an injury. It didn't seem visible that there was an injury but uh, that was the decision that was taken Jordan do you know anything more about this I don't think we've had any more confirmation on on, on Dennis there um, I think it just it could have been an injury yeah it could have been I, I don't I doubt it would have been tactical so I'd assume it's some some perhaps hopefully minor injury um, but touching on this as we're discussing this actually I'm just seeing that um, we're now getting <laughs> we're now getting some uh, criticism from Senegal as well in regards to yeah. not or refusing to let Ismail Assar leave but I think the difference in this one is Ismail Assar is actually injured as well. So there are, this one seems a little bit more... Little bit more... Well, well, I mean, if, if we're to be believed of what the situation is here, Saar is 
dealing with a potential ACL injury. Is that well, right? I, so... I, I don't believe that's true anymore. Um, based on the, some pictures that were released during the week from from the training ground, Sars clearly moving around. He's doing some kind of more complex movements that you wouldn't you wouldn't be doing with a with an ACL injury for sure. I think he may have some ligament strain, but there's definitely. I mean, I'm not. I'm 100 percent sure there's no tear. Um, based on what they released this week, so. I think it's more minor than what we initially thought. Um, right. But there's there's no signs of a, of it being a major injury. However, he is definitely not currently training with the first team, which would indicate he's not fully fit. So for him to go and play for Senegal, he might be able to get out there and play a few minutes. And I'm sure that I'm sure Senegal will want him out there, regardless. They don't really care as much about his his, his ability to perform or play for the remainders of the uh, of the Premier League season their main focus is the AFCON so I mean you can cl- completely understand from Watford's perspective why they wouldn't want to release uh, an asset such as Saar to, to a team who's most likely going to play him when he's not fully fit Yeah that is worrying Just quickly as well Watford have put out a statement in the time that we're online saying that uh, Saar suffered knee ligament damage blah 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 and basically telling the, the Senegalese FA to fuck off and just <laughs> him. so um in the politest of terms, there, Tom. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. At least we know it's not. Okay. At least we know it's not a tear. That's a good thing. Yeah. So knee ligament damage. He's already been resting oh, no, for a month was, now, Jordan. Yeah. What when can we expect him back? If that's the case? I mean, it could be. It still could be six, eight, twelve weeks. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. But as long as it's not a tear or a rupture, then you've you, there's no surgery required, most likely. Um, so it's more I mean, the stuff he was doing the stuff he was doing in the gym I would from that I would base it I'd say probably probably another that level of recovery probably another four weeks maybe I mean look, I haven't asked either of you to look into this so I don't know if you would know the answer but are there rules regarding to whether the the the, the teams the club teams are allowed to refuse players to go based on injuries that they have and they, they have can, to yeah. prove that somewhere or they can that's that's that, i mean that liverpool and arsenal did that for a long time where they, the players would come off with it often be with a player that doesn't really want to go to you know a player comes off five minutes at the end of the game and they have an injury suddenly and stuff you know just like little things like that they can as long as they give some reason then they can do that but the player has to be on and board there's no, too there's no proof that needs to be provided by physicians or anything I'm not sure if there is now. It didn't used to be other than just a statement from the team and maybe like a note from the club doctor effectively. But I can't speak to that for sure. Okay, fair enough. Just on Dennis, I just looked on the website. He said that um, he had a little injury before and felt something, so we took the precaution, is what Ranieri said on him. So hopefully it is only a little injury and not the usual Watford little injury turning into a season ender. Well, if he has to miss the FA Cup game, he has to miss the FA Cup game. I don't think he wants yeah. to be too... No, definitely not. No, and we'll... we'll... We'll get on to that a bit later about how uh, potentially significant that game is. But um, let's come back to the Spurs game then. And it was a it was a game where the first half seemed, uh, you know, like Watford actually, you know, showed quite a bit of a, a defensive aptitude there. More impressive than we've seen recently, Jordan, despite the fact that there wasn't really much from attacking threat from Watford. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one. I think I think you can fall into the trap of, of saying that a team is defending well when we're just allocating a large amount of numbers into the box um, and, and making it difficult to break down. I think, I think for me personally, I think defending well, you still have to be able to, to pose some sort of attacking threat. And this is something we saw with, with Kike Sanchez-Flores and teams better than us by playing in a, a slightly more aggressive way. We saw against that win against United and the two performances against Chelsea and City. I think that we've, we've struggled to to get through those that, those spells and those 90 minutes playing in that manner. We actually did it yesterday. It was unfortunate that it ended the way it did and we, we had a couple of decisions go against us. But um, I think it's a it's a tough one. I think he just tried to change approach. It, it almost worked and it didn't quite. But for me, I think we were defensively resilient. But um, it, it's not something we can translate into a, a week-by-week basis. Personally, I don't think so. Yeah, let's talk about a couple of those decisions. The first one was a, a VAR... Uh, decision that uh, didn't go the way uh, that Spurs wanted it to. It was towards the end of the first half when uh, Jurai Kuchka was alleged to have pulled down. Uh, I can't remember who it was now in the box, but uh, it was it was a potentially a penalty that wasn't given. Um, what was your view on that? It was that? a pen, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a stone waller, wasn't it? He's kind of <laughs> yeah. wrapped two arms around his waist and hauled him to the floor. Um, I think I think we're all broadly on the same page with VAR, right? That when it's doing, and we talked about it a little bit on the last pod, where it's a fairly kind of tiresome subject, but 
you, you mm. just a bit like the refereeing. You just want to see consistency, and I just can't understand with the technology in place how that wasn't given as a penalty, even if it was, you know, even though it was against us. I would, I would be absolutely out of my mind if it was, um, you know, if it had been a Watford player being dragged to the floor like that. It was a, you know, it was a great rugby tackle, but it wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't anything other than a penalty in anyone's eyes. That was a challenge from from Kuchka, who. You know, I think you know what you're going to get from Kuchka and it's going to be a lot of that kind of battling that's maybe a bit too aggressive and, and you're going to get fouls given uh, away. And in fact, it was a foul from Kuchka that led to the uh, the, the goal that uh, that won it for Spurs. I, I saw quite a lot of a lot of talk online, people praising Kuchka's performance yesterday. I, I, I thought he had quite a poor game. I thought he was quite, just looked quite clumsy and reckless yesterday. Obviously, those two stick out but I wouldn't saw it. I didn't think it was his best game yesterday but I saw a lot of people praising him but um yeah I guess we'll get to the if we're doing this chronologically yeah, I guess we'll a goal get... later um but yeah that was another example of Kutcher being a little bit over aggressive and perhaps just a little bit clumsy uh the next big decision then was the uh the Ben Davis tackle when he sort of slid on on loser and it looked like he, he took a bit of a chunk out of him but uh the referee didn't give anything for that and you know, VAR allegedly had a look at it and decided it wasn't a red card. But what was your view, guys? I think it was a tough one. I think it was. I can I can see the argument for both, but I don't think there's a ton of intent behind it. But Ben Davis's foot does roll over the ball into loser. It's not a full-on studs into loser, but it is a, a dangerous challenge. So I think it could have gone. It could have gone either way, but it's definitely another another point of contention that was. It took a long time to be dealt with, and I think there was definitely some question marks over the decision. What, what about you, Tom? These are the ones that are particularly inconsistent, I find, even with the assistance of VAR, aren't they? That um, I'm trying to think of what game it was now. There was somebody went, it was a quite a high profile game recently. I can't, this is terrible. This is terrible analysis. I can't remember who it was. And they went in high, and I couldn't believe they hadn't been sent off. Um, because I thought, you know, you only have to kind of tick one of the criteria of being out of control, over the top, or reckless, right? And it's, or excessive force, I think, was the 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 the, the trendy phrase at one point, wasn't it? Um, and I, I, I kind of felt that this that this was a challenge that ticked one of the, at least one of those boxes. So slightly straight, it's one of those where I do wonder if there needs to be a, a change in the application of VAR because you don't want to necessarily have the referee going over and looking at the replay of everything because then you know you might have that five or six times in a game, it just kills the game. But you know, something, some decisions, certain decisions, I think you can referee to referee trust um, whoever the VAR official is on the day to just go in his ear. I don't know what you've seen, but trust me from watching it, you need to send him off and have that kind of, you know, maybe not overrule them, but just give them pretty firm, pretty straight down the line um, advice with the benefit of those replays. Because, yeah, it's just at the moment, it's... Mm bit of a hodgepodge isn't it the kind of application of it it's better than it was but it's still got a way to go and then uh this one actually you know wouldn't have been a, a var contested thing anyway but uh i mean Jao pedro he, he went on this beautiful run didn't he and he looked like he was going to break in towards the box in fact he did break in towards the box and was about to pull the trigger and the referee gives us a free kick but come on i mean come on ref that's not that's not what we wanted right there we wanted we wanted to see pedro you know hit the back of the net and it yeah, uh, there was a good chance he was at least going to test uh, Lloris there, but instead we got the, you know, the free kick, and and well, I suppose you know Pedro could have done a lot better with that free kick. But I mean, how annoying was it to see that one pulled back, guys? Yeah, about to be goal of the season, wasn't it? Um, it was, it was very frustrating, especially because we, I think the refereeing over the course of the game, in, in terms of open play refereeing, not VAR related, was pretty decent. I thought a lot of stuff was let go, and I thought, um, I, I thought it wasn't bad, but that piece there was, it was, that was horrific. That was. A great run from Pedro, who I thought once he came on was the most positive part of the team. Um, I thought he played very well. He opened up Josh King a little bit more. Both of them started to get involved. And um, I think it really shows that he's he's got a lot to contribute for us. But that that run was great. Um, he was committing players, beating them. And there was some contacts. Obviously, there was some fouls in there. But the advantage was clear. And it was just extremely disappointing to see it being taken away uh, in such a crucial moment for us. Mm. Joe Pedro was a big part of an improved second half for Watford, wasn't he, Tom? Yeah, he's he's such a good player, isn't he? And it's a little bit baffling that he hasn't, um, you know, found his way into the the starting eleven more regularly. It almost feels like he's a bit of a victim of the system changing from time to time. That you you know you don't necessarily want him uh, 
playing wide in a four four two. Say you don't, you know, necessarily trust Ranieri. Maybe doesn't necessarily trust him to play through the middle like he does Josh King. So you know he's been he's been somewhat unfortunate. But just his ability to kind of carry on regardless, and just which is what he sort of did in that moment yesterday, wasn't it? He, there was several opportunities where he could have gone down. But he sort of just barreled on, shrugged people off. He's just got that real grit and fight and determination. And, you know, whatever he achieves at Watford, I think he's going to be a very, very popular player because he just, you know, he gives it is all. And he very evidently cares. There's a lot of ability there. And I don't think we've seen many players, uh, certainly in the time I've been watching, that can just, that just have that, you know, I don't want to swear, but that like just, F you attitude and just I'm just gonna you know just barge you out of the way. You can you swear know, on this show. Tom, keep going. No, I know, but it's, you know <laughs> you already started, Tom. You might as well carry on. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Though, just that kind of just like it, it's almost arrogance. It's just, but it's certainly confidence. It's that sort well, he's of. He's a winner. He's a winner. Isn't he's he? a winner. That's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. There's so much ability there. And the other thing I think that's it very easy to forget is, and I, th- I think I'm right in saying this was only yesterday. Um, the club tweeted it. You know, he he joined on this day two years ago. As a as a seven eighteen year old at that point, so you know he's still so so young and so so green as a player. There's there's he's got a really high uh, ceiling, I think, in my kind of limited uh, expertise. I'd, I'd love to see him. I would love to see him a little bit more in a in like a four four one one something something similar to what Ranieri played at times at Leicester, where he could just play a little bit deeper behind behind Josh King, perhaps, and you know he can still support in midfield, come deeper and help defend, but also he can be creative from deeper positions. He can carry the ball forward. Um, you know, you think of a front four almost with King, uh, Pedro, Saar and Dennis, perhaps when available, that would be something that would actually be you know, a dangerous forward line. And you've still got the kind of midfield, the midfield balance. You've got the likes of Sissoko and cleverly players that can contribute defensively or Atibo when he comes back. You can you can create a decent outfit out of this team. It's just getting those parcels together and, and finding a way to get the most out of them. But um, Pedro is definitely one that when you look at that that forward group, he, he's a strong competitor in there. And he's someone that, that should be pushing that first team and should be getting minutes. And I think, you know, even just individual runs like that, but the performance he had when he came off the bench yesterday just shows how how in, how much depth we can have in that forward line. And he nearly went on to win a penalty as well. Yeah, this is the next one to get to. This one's this one's um, this one's kind of very divisive. I think, it, I think it's hard to kind of say because of the camera angles. But what, what are your two opinions on the, the penalty decision here? On lack of. There's not a clear. There's not a definitive um, angle for me. What I will say is this. I think the best I can make of it is that Lloris gets the touch first and that takes the ball out of, essentially out of Pedro's control. And yes, he he clearly touches him after that and at speed and whatnot, it's going to be enough to throw him off. But he doesn't have control of the ball at that point. But what I will say is it feels kind of galling that that wasn't a penalty, yet the Kutzka-Backman cock-up against West Ham was... Because at that point, there's no West Ham attacker involved. No West Ham attacker is in possession of the ball. So kind of morally, you know, they get a penalty. Was it Jared Bowen sticks, you know, get does really well, does really well to stick a foot in and make sure, you know, take advantage of the bad decision. But it wasn't even an opportunity. Whereas that one, you know, he's darting through. If he rounds the keeper, which he could have done, then he sticks it in an empty net, hopefully. And yet it's not a penalty. In my mind, not a penalty. It just, you know, morally it doesn't feel quite right. But it's also one of those it's one of those weird nuances of the, nuances of the sport too, where it's this kind of quietly understood rule where for some reason the goalkeeper making contact in the ball first allows them to make yeah. much more contact than the player afterwards and not yeah. be a foul. If that was in the, if that was in the middle of the pitch and mm. you know, a tackle was made and that Good slight point. of a touch was made on the ball but you got that much of the player. I, I think you're giving that as a foul and probably a yellow card. But for some reason, the box there's there's this kind of assumption that a goalkeeper is allowed to get any marginal piece of contact in the ball, and that completely negates any foul that's contributed that that's completed afterwards. So I don't know. I think it's hard to say. I mean, I think if I'm if I'm trying to be objective here and looking at it from a from a Tottenham perspective or if I thought about this as happening down the other end if I saw there was some slight touch of backman I'd be calling it for, for it not to be a penalty but in that scenario I think with all things being done I think coming off the back of the, the Jao Pedro run and some of the decisions that we made I think we felt a little bit more like we deserved something <clears throat> and it was uh, it was one that was definitely debatable and I think 
if I'm being honest, given the given the angles I'd seen, if I was in that position, I'd probably have given the penalty regardless of who that was for. But um, there are some angles. The one from behind the goal in particular makes it look a little bit more like Lloris got there first. But there's also one from the side. Um, it's kind of from behind Pedro, but a little bit to the left. And it almost looks like Pedro is getting a touch in the ball and touches it onto or around the gloves of Lloris and then gets this contact. It's, it's very hard to say. I do have some sympathy for the decisions or the, the people making the decision in that one. But... Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one to call because I think you can have people going either way. Mm. So many times this season, in fact, since VAR has been brought in, we've heard the phrase, if it's given, VAR aren't overturning it. Um, and I think that just says so much about how much the referee still has control of the game because the referee didn't give it in that case and VAR didn't overturn it. And uh, I think if the referee had given it, VAR wouldn't have overturned it. I mean, I mean that there's a, there's a chance to say that they would have done and there certainly has been cases in the past where they have, but the majority of the time, VAR kind of stick behind the referee, don't they? And, um, you know, I, I think that they would have done so again had that one been given, but it wasn't. Uh, and then, you know, I think, you know, we were, we were holding on for dear life and everyone thought, oh, is this going to be the first time this season that we get ourselves a clean sheet? It wasn't to be, unfortunately. Um, Jirai Kuchka, um, with a... I don't know, a needless foul. I mean, he certainly had to be there to, to do something, but, you know... Did he? He, uh... he could be there. Well, Cathcart I mean, was there, he needed to he? block. But wasn't there a shot to be blocked? It was out. It was had, very no... wide, wasn't it? Cathcart was there. I think it was Cathcart. There were certainly two of them, with Kutzka being one of them. It just felt, as Jordan was saying, articulated earlier, you know, it just kind of typical of him, just a bit careless, a bit silly, a bit clumsy, and it's ultimately cost us the game. So... I'm all for aggression in, in in defending, but it depends where you, you have to be. You have to know when to when to apply it and when not to. I think in that moment of the game, it's just. I mean, it's just not smart. It's just not smart defending, and you put yourself in a position to defend a free kick in that in that stage of the game, and it's just you know you're asking for that stuff to happen. And I don't want to reduce a, a, an entire performance down to one one moment, one tackle, but it was it was it was poor and. Um, you know, it, there are lots of other aspects of the game you can you can break down and say why we did it or didn't get to where we were, but that was definitely one which was a, had a huge impact in the game, and you can you could argue it was a you know game losing tackle. So um, it, you just expect better from from Kuchka and pretty much from anyone on that pitch. You'd expect them not to be doing that sort of thing in that area of the pitch. Cause it wasn't something where it was a smart play from a wide man who kind of forces a foul out of you. It was just a blatant foul. It was rare to the unnecessary. Unnecessary, even if he should be that position, he should be helping out. That's fine. But um, there's one thing applying pressure on the ball, and there's one thing just kind of going through the player and giving away a stupid needless free kick. Um, just before we draw a line over under the Spurs game, I wanted to highlight uh, Dan Backman's performance today because I think he had a very good game. Um, made a lot of crucial saves and, and at times kept Watford in it. Really, yeah, there's that one from uh, that one from Son. That ball over the top that Son kind of just redirected up going towards that top left corner and and Backman made Backman made a fantastic save, just re-angling his body and getting a hand to it and tipping it over the bar is is a really, really good piece of goalkeeping. Arguably the best save we've seen from him at Watford, I'd say. Um and I, I thought his goalkeeping was was good in large parts. Um kicking maybe a couple of times, there's a few passes he played wanting to loser, which is pretty poor. Um loser wasn't able to kind of get the ball under control and we almost almost suffered for that one. But um the, the main criticism I saw the main discussion was really kind of how he dealt with the, the final free kick into the box. What was your opinion of that one? Um, well, I think that, it, and this was actually uh, summarised quite well on, on Match of the Day, although they missed a lot. And I, I'm not going to give them any, uh, you know, applause for that because I think they should definitely should have discussed the, some of the things that we discussed today. But one thing they did mention was that the uh, defence seemed to be, uh, you know, a lot more pushed in than, than they than they should have been. They should have been a lot more out towards the edge um, of the box or at least, you know, further up than they were. And that would have given Backman more space to, to command the goal. But what, what did you think on that? I think it's difficult. I, I think it's... Um... It's a tough one because the ball's coming in with such pace, it's hard to... It's hard to react to... It's hard to react to the ball and actually get, def- like, a definitive hand on there. You're never going to catch it the best you get is a punch. So... It's tough. I mean, I can see the criticism, but I think it's a difficult situation. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Batman necessarily did the wrong thing. He just wasn't able to execute perhaps what he would want in an ideal world. But the the box is so crowded. The six yard box is crowded, um, and when the ball's coming at that pace, the slightest touch is going to send it towards goal. And it was, you know, it's an incredibly difficult one to stop. I think. 
I liked seeing his. Uh, he was visibly annoyed when he wanted to try and release the ball quickly, and he the players in front of him just weren't getting out as quick as he wanted to, and he, he seemed yeah. quite frustrated in that. I, I, and I, I liked that. Yeah, no, it's something he he wanted to move the ball, and as I said, I thought I thought his distribution was was hit and miss yesterday, but um, I think it's I think it's always positive to have him on there. I think he plays with a level of competitiveness, which is which is ideal in goalkeeper, and it's something that Ben Foster has been criticised for having the opposite of. So I think that's definitely one of the stronger parts of his game, and that hasn't changed. Um, Any time he's played, he's always brought that. Um, we have seen a little bit of um descent towards Ranieri. Um, people, you know perhaps not quite convinced. Um, I put out a little uh, poll yesterday to see if I could find out what people on Twitter were, were thinking. Now, this is quite uh, a small response. We got 106 votes. Of those 106, 84% uh, say stick with Ranieri. So that's pretty overwhelming there. Um, but still, there is, you know, a minority of 15, 16% that uh, that say, um, you know, they would like somebody else to come in. So, you know, there's murmurs of people not quite happy, but I think that the the board, or at least, uh, haven't come out defiantly behind him. But um, they seem to be uh, sticking for him, sticking behind him for now. Yeah, I just don't see. I, I just at this point, I, I can't see the benefit in moving on from Ranieri. I think he's. We've seen some positive signs, um, and I think we're too late in the game now to be changing and, and expecting a massive turnaround. There's, he's had lots of issues. Look at the team yesterday. Look at some of the players that are missing, um, and look at some of the players we're going to be without. Um, I think Ranieri is, I think Ranieri is our best route forward at this stage. And I'm not saying ongoing, um, but for the remainder of the season, at this point, from what we've seen, there's definitely not been enough to suggest that we can move on from Ranieri and be in a better, uh, better situation. I think it's smart to stick with where we are and, and try and give him the support and the back and we can, the transfer window, to allow him to to implement what he wants to do um, with a little bit more effect because he's been doing it with a very diminished squad until until now and we have to try and move forward in that direction. I think changing things at this point, um, I just think it's, it's a recipe for disaster. Right, let's... Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Draw a line under the Spurs game then and uh, move on. And of course, it's January. So Watford, uh, knowing that we they need to add to the squad, are going to be looking at some January sales in terms of players. And we've we've had some reports of some players that are very close to a move to Watford, no, it hasn't been confirmed by the club, but we feel as though they're, you know, they're quite honest. These reports, uh, the players we're talking about are Ido Kayembe, Hassan Kamara, and Demog and <laughs> Demogoj Demogoj uh, Vida, Demogoj Vida, Demogoj Vida. 
you know what, that's going to take a bit of time getting used to. But let's start with um, the first one then. Ido Kayembe. Um, he is a defensive central midfielder. What do we know about him, guys? To be honest with you, it's not someone I'm aware of um, prior to this link. Um, so I have to, one I have to look at to, to get a little bit more information. Um, but I, I'm not, I, I believe he's under the same agency as um, Caliselli and, you know, lots of these. I forget, the, who was the agent's name? What's the agent's name? You know the, the more guy. Yes, 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 yes. I believe he's his is client. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know the the ins and outs of the player. Um, he's one I've definitely got to watch a little bit to to give a proper opinion on. I've watched him a bit on Y Scout. I'd never heard of him until Adam Leventhal uh, mentioned him uh, on on Saturday. He looks to me from the, from the little bits I've seen. This is by no means comprehensive. Um, you know, really quite. Uh, big and physical, wants to seemingly, you know, get forward, get into advanced areas um, as well. Has scored a few goals this season, I note, which he's never done before. So I wonder if that, and this is where I should have done more research, has something to do with perhaps playing a slightly different role. But I would I would assume, you know, or, or, or personally, once Loser is back, I would still keep him in that kind of number six role and you know hopefully um this is just a bit of bit of cover because we don't really have anyone else that convinces there what i've heard about Kayembe is that he's in a similar mold to soko is, is, i don't know how much of that is true jordan rangy ball carrying defense midfield i mean that's that's kind of I, I looked at a few notes and i looked um i looked at, i read a couple of articles on him just because i, I want to actually sit down and watch him before saying too much, but um, even just looking through his numbers and stuff, you get the impression, just a real baseline impression here, that he's a relatively rangy um, ball-carrying defensive midfielder that can contribute somewhat both ends, but a little bit more defensively. Um, that's kind of my initial impression, but again, I don't want to be too too certain before I've actually um, actually had the chance to watch him play. Hassan Kamara then, he's uh, playing at Nice currently. He's had a couple of decent... Uh seasons in French football uh, looks like a you know a good prospect for Watford on that left side yeah I think he's quite a, he's quite a well-rounded left back some that can contribute a little bit going both ways um, not quite as defensively focused as Massena um, better better use of the ball actually I had a chance to watch him a couple of years ago um, now and he's but he, he was he was impressive he's someone that's able to as I said contribute in both ends which I think is something we want from our fullbacks uh, we kind of hope that Danny Rose will be bringing that to us um, but obviously it didn't quite work out that way so far um, but I, I think Kamara is definitely more of a, a promising longer term option for us. Um, and yeah, I, I like the deal. I think it's a good one, especially for January too. Um, am, I'm not, am I right in thinking that Kamara, he's been linked to us previously as well? Um, yeah, lo- last yeah, season. Yeah, last so, year. so I thought this might have been one that we maybe see in the summer. So to get things done now is quite, it's quite promising for us. So I believe he's under contract for a couple more years. So um, mm. uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's good news. And I think it's, he's someone that will be He'll improve the team, I'd say, based on what we have available to us now and someone that can provide a little bit more balance. Because I do think that um, whilst Massner has his pros, he, he does sometimes um, leave a little bit to be desired going forwards and in possession. So I think Kamara would help with that. Um, I think it's just bringing in another, another decent or another good um, player into the team, which we, we're desperate for. So uh, no real complaints on that one, for sure. And spending money on on, uh, on a defender for a change, uh, I think yeah. probably the highest uh, paid uh, amount of money for a left back at least four million uh, dwarfing the uh, was it one point eight that we paid for uh, Jose Holobus something in that okay well I, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen the actual figure yet so yeah I mean it's still relatively small it's relative change for us isn't it but um, I mean yeah if we, we're putting down money on players because we know we have to address that position then you know that's a, that's the least we can ask for so yeah good job move on. Good stuff. And then uh, we're linked with this one, but this one hasn't necessarily been... Con- I mean, none of them have been confirmed by the club themselves, but this one is less certain than the other two. And it's uh, the Domagoy Vida. Domagoy Vida. Yeah, you nailed it. Domagoy Vida. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what, we, I mean, we know, we know that he's uh, got a lot of experience internationally, but um, has he played at a high enough level uh, club football? Well, he plays for Besiktas. They're obviously having a, well. Obviously, I didn't know this until I looked it up. They're having a pretty horrible season by the looks of it. They're ninth in the Turkish Super League, and they're probably you know the the third biggest club. Um, certainly one of the, the the big three in Istanbul. Played pretty much every week. Uh, obviously, was part of the the Croatia team that went to the twenty eighteen went all the way to the twenty eighteen World Cup final. Scored a couple of 
important goals, if I remember rightly, along the way. Did he possibly even score against England in that run? I may, I may have imagined that. Um, he feels to me like the sort of centre-half we just needed for so long, tried to solve with Craig Dawson, didn't solve. Um, I think him and Sierra could be mates, and not just because they've both got similarly dodgy man-bun ponytails. <laughs> Um, you know, he is the sort of old-fashioned defender that's just going to tackles everything, sticks his head on everything, physically imposing. You know, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily expecting him to build from the back, uh, but he will. You know, he will do the basics and he will do them very well. Um, I think that could be, and seemingly he for very little money, if any, because he's out of contract at the end of the season. I think that could be a very decent uh, pickup as a as a kind of short term plugging a gap, and it's a good signing. Yeah, see, I think I think there's been some some concern with Vida in terms of his, his more recent performances over the last couple of years. But having said that, I think a player 32 years old, I don't I don't expect a massive decline in in physical ability. I think it might be good for him. It might give him an opportunity to be in a different environment and have a new challenge. It might be a positive for him, especially joining a club which needs someone which requires so much of that player, that sort of player. Um, it might give him the opportunity to shine a little bit more because from a just from Vida in particular, someone that we've we've definitely got more experience watching, um, you know, over the years and in international football especially. You do you do see he's got a good baseline for his intangibles. There's there's a lot to him. He's a leader and he's he's someone that can contribute um, to a defensive unit, especially one that's lacking what we're lacking right now. Um, I think the inclusion of Syriata has helped someone that's willing to you know kind of tackle everything that moves and be a little bit more aggressive defensively. Um, I think Vida would add to that, but also bring a little bit more quality overall. Um, I, I think then if you have a an options at, looking at our options at centre back there, if when fit you have the likes of Vida. Uh, Nkulu, Syriata, uh, even Kathka, I think our back line looks a lot stronger through that middle. You bring in Kamara to at left back, and I think suddenly you're starting to address some of these problems and perhaps in a slightly more effective way than we were anticipating us being able to do so or, or wanting to do so in January. So obviously there's, there's some in between there. We're not going out and signing these big players. We never expected to, and it's not it's not fair to expect us to. But um, we are at the very least looking to address those positions early um, so we can at least have some comfort in knowing that the ownership feel that these these areas are as important to address as we feel they are um, and that, that's a good sign uh, but I think in terms of the individual names mentioned I think there's some there's some positives to take from it and, and Vida's another good option for me I think when you look what's out there um, in, in the range of what we're willing, to, willing or able to spend um, I think you can definitely do a lot worse so Jordan, what kind of a defender is Vida? Like, I mean, if we try and compare him to what we already have, so we got an idea of, of what sort of mould he's going to be. I mean, he's aggressive. He, he's good aerially, aerially. Stuff I would say. Um, he, he's he's solid defensively. He's not someone that's going to be playing in a lot of open space. Although he has, he's still able to move. I went and actually looked to see just some of his more recent defensive actions, just to see kind of pace wise how he's doing. Um, and he, he looks like he can cover the ground still. But he's someone that I think you want to be playing. You know, in a in a team that's looking to looking to play a little bit from the back, he can pass out, um, but he's he's someone that's going to be able to contribute from that kind of the main defensive situations, heading, you know, being close to his man, tackling, intercepting. He's just a good all round centre back. Um, I don't see there's not a ton of weaknesses game. Maybe recklessness at times. He can be a little bit over aggressive in the tackle, but generally he keeps that pretty high up the pitch. Um, he's not someone that's going to give you away a lot of penalties and stuff like that. He's someone that's going to be relatively smart in, in terms of how he uses that aggression. So um, in terms of comparing to what we have, I'd say maybe think of maybe think of a little bit of a, a little bit of Syriata with a little bit more now. Perhaps. Okay. He seems like he loves a sliding challenge from looking at his highlights. Yeah, well, he's he's good. He's 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 able to do that. He likes, as I said, he's aggressive. He likes to make likes to get a foot on the ball. Um, he obviously can just show you into show you down the line or show you into into a non dangerous position. But he he does want to make a play on the ball. Um, I, I think in the way we've been defending, especially if we do get to more of a pressing style again as well, he may have to do that a little bit more, and it might be something that works for us. So, um, in terms of all the you know, the the ability that he has and how he plays, I think he fits the team really well. It's just a question of can he replicate some of that some of that form he's had in the, in the years previous to the last couple um, and try and recapture some of that yeah 32 he's probably a little bit older than we would have liked but um we'll take him especially if he's coming for a, a low figure um it's also reported the club want to sign another center back and you know i think i feel is that that's certainly an area that they need to add another one but uh, what, what's your opinion there john 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be surprised. Where was that reported? I'd be surprised if he signed another one in January, unless Nkulu's injury is worse than we thought. Um, well, the the Athletic have said that, uh, the, the, you know, that we're closing in on Domagoy Vida and another central defender. So. Okay, interesting. Okay, I actually missed that part. Well, yeah, I mean, if the Athletic are saying it, then that means we're actually most like 99% at least looking at or exploring that option or that avenue. So it'd be interesting, interesting to see which way we go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see where, where we kind of covered that one because that would indicate to me just based on looking at who's available right now and <clears throat> players are kind of coming towards the end of contracts and situations they're currently in. I'm not seeing a ton out there that I'd imagine would be interested in. And Kulu and Vida, Vida were ones that we could have picked out kind of earlier on. And we, I think we may have even done so when looking through that list of players that are having expiring contracts or out of contract. Um, but outside of that, I, I'm not quite sure. So it could even indicate that we are looking to spend some money uh, again on that defensive line. Okay, then. Uh, more chat to come on transfers in uh, another pod that's going to be coming out soon. But uh, let's turn our attentions towards Leicester now. And uh, FA Cup game, it's uh, probably not the FA Cup game we would have liked. I think we'd have preferred to have played someone, you know, from Championship lower to uh, to give what I think is going to be uh, more of our youth side of test because I doubt we're going to see a lot of senior professionals in this game, Jordan. No, probably not. And I think that's um, I think that's pretty fair. I think most people are quite happy with that. Um, it's an opportunity to see some players who haven't had the option to start to you know, have a little run out. I think maybe we see a start for the likes of uh, Ken Semmer and, and those that you'd kind of not expect to be as involved ongoing. Um, but we haven't got the, the the most depth in our squad right now as you know, some of the players were losing to African Cup of Nations. So, uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity to kind of give them a run out and, and not damage or not affect that first team we need where it's so vital we keep those players fit for the remainder of the Premier League season as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about the likes of Gosling who might feature in that one, Fletcher probably. Uh, yeah. Probably another yeah. chance for Tufan as well. Maybe Morris might get a start. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure what we do. Um, for, yeah, exactly. That's probably the best. Probably the best that we can really do, isn't it? You, you might as well give those guys minutes and allow them to get out there and, and, and get some football. Should we need to call upon them um, later on in the season? So, I, I think that's the best approach. I can't. I can't see us doing it any other way. Um, and I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed at all to see that lineup looking much, much different to what we'd expect to see on a, a 3 p.m. on the Premier League weekend. If any of these transfers that we talked about are announced. Uh... Soon, though, perhaps um, some of those could feature on the bench. Maybe. Yeah, I mean they could feature on the bench. I, I think um, I think that's one thing you can say that's a positive about January transfer windows, as, predominantly if the player's been playing somewhat, is that you are bringing a player in that doesn't require to to bed in as much. He's, ha- he's been having a regular training. He's playing with the team. He, he's he's ready to go, and that's one thing that's nice about January. I think you can bring players in and put them into that first team almost instantly. Okay then, uh, that's uh, Leicester covered. Uh, a game that you know it'd be it'd be nice to see some uh, some of our, uh, our players that aren't featuring much to to see uh, you know if they can um, you know impress us and, and and make a claim to to get a first team shirt or at least more involvement with the with the first team. Um, Jordan, we uh, we're nearly at close now, but I just want to bring you a review that we had uh, recently um, for on Thursday from from Benjamin. One two two one, and he says uh, it's an antidote to COVID and Kuchka, a great podcast that helps me going during these bleak, dark days of COVID and Uri Kuchka at right back. Keep it up, fellas! Great stuff. Well, as long as we, yeah, I mean, if we can be a tonic to any Uri Kuchka at right back, then we're pleased to be so. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening, Ben, and uh, yeah, glad we're helping you through this 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 rough time and COVID. Good stuff. Well, uh, if you want to get in touch and, and leave a comment like Ben did, uh, simply find us uh, the Watford FC Buzz podcast, um, and you can leave a comment on the uh, iTunes uh, section. So even if you don't actually listen to us there, you can leave a review on Spotify too, can't you? What you can leave us? I didn't even know this. You can leave a review on Spotify. I think I think you can now. I think they can, I think you now can review oh, Spotify podcast. Okay. I believe. Well, let me just clarify that. I'm pretty sure that was a feature that was added. I was listening to some something the other day which was discussing okay. that. Well, oh, oh, you can. And currently we have no rating. <laughs> See, you got to get us a rating as far. Well. All right, okay. We need some more ratings on ben, Spotify. Help, ben, help us like, out. Uh, one, at least. 
Yeah. Because currently we're not rated, right. so we, you know we could be a zero out of five. I said we're know if underrated. They, right now. Out, is it out of five? Maybe they do it out of ten. I don't know. Maybe it's out of twenty. We're always out of ten. I don't know. Let's pretend it's out of twenty. So if you give us five, <laughs> then it's at least twenty-five percent good. Uh, the show. That's all we need. Yeah, that's all. We, that's all we need. Um, uh, and also, um, we have a patron now as well. Um, because a few people got in touch and said we'd like to buy you a pint, and we said okay, then you can. Um, so. <laughs> after much pressure um generous so uh so if you would like to uh, to you know to to support the podcast um if you like what we do and you'd like to chuck a few pounds our way um you can find us uh at patreon um forward slash watford buzz podcast uh and there's a lovely picture there of mrs Soko uh drinking a cup of tea that i did not photoshop um so <laughs> so you can um you can you can uh you know uh drop us uh, a few pounds there and we would very much uh, appreciate that but you don't have to the podcast will be free no matter what um but uh, we might have some content coming to our, our patreon soon we're discussing uh whether we uh whether you would like some uh, perhaps um more uh more more chat more highlights like the section from jordan maybe um some some articles written by tom uh, these are the skills that we have, so we, we might as well bring them uh, to you. But only if you actually want it. You know, there's no point in, in doing nothing for nothing. So if, if you if you want um, this stuff, tell us, and we we shall make it for you. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about that, Jordan. Any any comments? Yeah, I think it's just what you said. I think the podcast is always going to be free. Um, but if there's an audience for people that want a little bit more, um, then we'd be open to doing something and and kind of producing a little bit more and, and trying to get more out there whether it be more audio and different formats or whatever we want to um keep engaging with you guys and if there's a market for it then we'll 100 percent do it so yeah just kind of gauge it right now but get in touch and let us know if there's something in particular you want you'd be interested in um or not and uh yeah we'll go from there good stuff all right well thanks very much for joining us um we've enjoyed this one uh tom's already left us to go uh to work so it'll just be a goodbye from myself and, and goodbye from jordan and we'll see you for a uh, another show uh after the leicester game hopefully a, 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 a surprising victory against leicester who knows i'm here for it all right bye for now bye-bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.